Next on BYU Sports Nation, like a glove. The perfect fit for BYU football in the NFL. Which of the 10 Cougars making the next level jump on Saturday fits best? Former Green Bay Packer and Super Bowl champion Brady Papinga breaks down Jamal Williams and Taysom Hill with the Packers and his free agent that will stick with the team. Plus overreaction Monday to only one BYU player drafted. Eric Mika gets a prestigious invite and the best golf coach in the WCC. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Hey, we're live. BYU Sports Nation, back to work on a Monday. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Monday, May 1st. Wherever you, and however you're dialed in, great to have you with us. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with InSync bobblehead collector Jerem Jordan. You know, yesterday would have been the perfect day to run the Justin Timberlake stuff, right? It's going to be May tomorrow. No, it is May, right? May first. It's May. I can't believe I can't believe it's May. That went by quickly. The NFL draft is over. Uno de Mayo. Uno de Mayo. <laughs> How have we not capitalized on this? <laughs> I, I have no idea. Fun fact, given that uh, Cinco de Mayo is what? Is that Friday, I take it? Um, on the first year of the show, we had a couple sombreros on the hat on Cinco de Mayo. Those sombreros have not seen the light of day since. <laughs> They're in a closet in our office. They're just sitting there. I think we need Friday, to bring those back out. Bust them out Friday? Yeah. That, that probably should happen. <laughs> right? Why? Why? Why would we not bring those and, back and out? Every year, I ask Ben Bagley. I say, "Hey, can we have Mariachis in studio to play the Beaver Sports <laughs> Nation thing? Wouldn't that be amazing? It would be amazing. <laughs> really? <laughs> it would be so awesome. Uh, <laughs> good stuff. Yeah. I don't know if any of you have seen this, but there are select members of the BYU football coaching staff and football team that have been hanging out in remote locations on the East Coast, and notably in Harlem. With Luke Cage and Cottonmouth. So cool. They, they visited the football program, the Harlem Jets. This is a youth football league in Harlem that Lavelle Edwards helped with when he was on a mission in the early 2000s. The at Harlem underscore Jets uh, were tweeting out pictures of Ty Detmer and talking about how cool it was to have a Heisman Trophy winner there. They probably didn't believe them. him. But yeah. Wait, wait. You were you were the best college really? football player in America. Ten? What are you five ten? Yeah. Hey, Ty's six foot. Maybe used to be six foot. <laughs> Listed at six foot. I'm six foot. Regardless, what they're doing over there pretty is cool. making a really positive difference. Oh yeah, they were there over the weekend doing service. That's pretty cool. You know, some teams go to Rome on spring break. BYU got out of school. They went to New York City. Others which is super cool. Others go hang out with the Harlem Jets. Yeah. Luke, uh, if BYU can sign Luke Cage to play D-line, I think that'd be a big get. <laughs> I really do. Uh, <laughs> Jessica Jones on the uh, women's basketball team? Of course. She probably, she probably couldn't live. There's always code. a superhero tie somewhere, right? Yeah. I think honor code might be an issue with some of these people. <laughs> Bring on the headlines. It's your BYU Sports Nation headline. Jamal Williams selected in the fourth round of the NFL draft by the Green Bay Packers. He was the 134th pick overall and the only BYU Cougar to be drafted over the weekend. A lot of you probably feel that that is a shocking statistic, but 
It is what it is. Congratulations to Jamal. Yeah, it's the norm, unfortunately. We'll talk about that. Big deal, no deal, something or nothing. Yeah. Nine other Cougars signed deals with NFL teams. Taysom Hill signed a free agent deal with the Green Bay Packers as well. <laughs> so Jamal Williams and Taysom Hill are going to be together forever. Harvey Longy will be joined, uh, joined up with Kyle Van Oy with the Patriots. Okay. Okay. If you're not drafted, that's awesome with the Patriots. Saitautu, Saints. Kainakua, Browns. Michael Davis. Chargers in L.A. Algernon Brown with the greatest team in the history of football, the Seahawks. Andrew Wrighty, Brad Wilcox, and Nick Kurtz all received mini-camp invites from the 49ers, Saints, and Raiders, respectively. Congratulations to those 10 dudes who are going to get a shot here. Keeping the dream alive, Eric Mika received an invitation to participate in the NBA Draft Combine. Some of you are thinking, <gasps> The Combine will take place May 9th through the 14th in Chicago. Mika has until May 24th to remove his name from the draft and maintain his eligibility to return to BYU. What does this mean? We will discuss coming up. And baseball swept San Francisco in a three-game series over the weekend. Baseball is so hot right now. Brock Hale, Bronson Larson, Tanner Chauncey all hit home runs in an 11-5 win Saturday. Cougars are now ranked first in the WCC. They're the top. Team in the league with the win. BYU has an impressive streak going, which brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. 15 people. BYU baseball has won 15 of 18, not to mention the softball teams won 15 in a row. How about Cougars on the diamond? Just bringing it right now. Okay, in baseball, winning percentage, if you're like in the 60th percentile, you're one of the best teams, right, in the majors? Correct. 60th percentile? Like, no other sport is that acceptable for a really good team. In baseball, it is. And then with that said, baseball's won 15 of 18. Yeah, winning 15 out of 18 wow. is like an 80% win percentage. Yeah, so, so in basketball, that's, yeah, that's, that'd be nuts. That'd be winning 25 out of 28 or something. Equivalent. So Amazing. Good. That cat's yes, yes. And what's important is they are doing it in conference play. They started hot last year and then played 500 baseball after a rash of injuries. More important to do it later in conference. They started slow this year and now are doing what they did early last season in conference play. Yeah, it matters now. They're getting hot at the right time. Congratulations to the Batcats and the BYU softball team on the streaks they have rolling. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trendy. Brought to you by Ahern Rentals. Your next job is our priority. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Like a glove. The NFL draft is done. Dramatic trades. Shocking revelations. Angry fans and all the overanalyzing. But it's just plain fun, isn't it? BYU, for the second consecutive year, had a lone player drafted. And not just any player, the Jamal Williams to Green Bay in the fourth round. And he's headed to the frozen tundra of Lambeau Field. (sighs) But nine other Cougars keep the dream alive. Now it's about making the 53-man roster or the practice squad. And in the NFL... What we have found out from several people that we've talked to that have been through this very path is it's about the right team, the right timing, and the right fit. Which brings us to our Twitter question of the day. Which BYU player is the best fit on their new NFL team? At Milton underscore Rat. Packers need running backs that can run in the cold. Enter J Swag Daddy and Taysom Hill. 
Taysom well, Hill is a quarterback. Yes, and he was taken as a quarterback, and the Packers picked him up wanting him to be a quarterback. So we'll see what happens when he gets there. Yeah. But right now it's about Jamal Williams. So, yes, that running back part is true, and he was the first running back that the Packers took in this year's draft. They drafted three, but they went with Jamal in the fourth round. What does it mean, Spencer? I think the best fit is Jamal Williams. Because of the Packers running back situation, let's talk about it. So Eddie Lacy goes to the Seahawks, okay? James Stark was rele- uh, Starks was released. Former Stanford wide receiver Ty Montgomery was the running back in the playoffs for the Packers. He did okay. He had like a 162-yard game in the regular season against the Bears. But he's a wide receiver. I don't know. Are they going to keep him there? Yeah, I don't well, know. Mike McCarthy said over the weekend, Ty Montgomery is the starting running back right now. But it's going to be competitive yeah. in that running back's room. They have Kristen Michael as well, who's an NFL vet. He was with the Seahawks last year. Okay, so the opportunity is there. You mentioned three running backs taken, or multiple. Uh, you had Aaron Jones from UTEP and Utah State's Devontae Mays. Utah State, okay. They might know each other. So Jamal Williams has an opportunity to get some PT and maybe early. I, th- I think this is a great fit. I We talked last week about how... The NFC North would be a good spot for Jamal. The way he runs in the bad weather in the NFC North there, you're playing in Ball Bay, protection. You're playing in Chicago. Ball protection. Jamal Williams doesn't – I think he had, what, two fumbles his whole career, something at BYU, one or two. He is a tremendous fit with the Packers. I love that fit. 100% Jamal Williams is the best fit overall. That's why the Packers drafted him. But – I'm going to focus on the nine undrafted free agents and which one of those nine has the best fit and in turn best shot to make their respective 53-man roster. That, my friends, is Harvey Longy with the New England Patriots. If there is a team in the NFL that understands a way to fit in a dude with Harvey's versatility and all of the positions that he's played and his skill set, it's the New England Patriots. Plus, they've had him on their radar for a while. We learned this a while back, that the Patriots got interested in Harvey Longy a long time ago. Do you think they asked Kyle Van Noy any questions about BYU and Harvey Longy? Certainly they've done their homework. What do you know about this kid? Tell us about him. What does he bring to the table? That will help. That goes into the timing, and it goes into your connections. And perhaps most importantly, the numbers are in Harvey Longy's favor. There are only five linebackers on the New England Patriots roster right now. Three defensive ends, five linebackers. The numbers are in favor of Harvey being able to come in and make an impact. And if you don't think that he has the work ethic to make it with a team like New England, you're kidding yourself. He is the epitome of the type of mentality, a little bit crazy, overworked, just ready to do whatever it takes to make a team. He so you is, think he'll hang out with Gronk? Is that he what you're is that guy. Well, Gronk's the outlier over there, right? There's Gronk, and <laughs> then there's so the other, then there's the other 52 yeah. on the New England roster. How awesome is that, though, that yeah, Longy can hang out with KVN, Kyle Manoy. That's cool. What a great connection. Even though I don't think they ever played with each other, but they know each other. Use the hashtag BYUSN and join BYU Sports Nation. Jerem... And I both think that the best fit overall is Jamal Williams, so it's not a surprise that the Packers drafted him. But what do you think about the other nine? And maybe you don't think it's Jamal. I want to hear your take. Sound off using the hashtag BYUSN. Which BYU player is the best fit on their new NFL team? Let's go to the Twitter machine. 
You've got tweets. Didn't take long at Laser Sheep. Kai Nakua, you take a guy who is good at playing tackle football and put him on a bad team, they get better. That's the point. Kai Nakua with the Cleveland Browns. Oh, I feel so bad for Kai. It's with the worst franchise in the league. Well, Jordan Leslie's like, hey, what's up, bro? Come on down. Mitch Matthews is like, yeah, I've been there, done that, Kai. You should go somewhere else. <laughs> that said... Is there is there a better opportunity for Kai because of the scenario that I have he's no going idea what the safety situation is? Everyone assumed just because they're terrible that he's got a better shot. That's doesn't that's not how it works, right? I'll tell you yeah. coming up who said Kai Nakua has a legitimate shot to start for Cleveland in Week One. We'll get to that in just a bit. Is it a blogger? I hope not. I will tell you <laughs> who said it. Plus, uh, baseball just climbed into a top twenty-five poll. We'll tell you Whoa. where which poll comes BYU out. baseball just is ranked. In. Just got in. Boom. When you win 15 of 18, the nation starts to pay attention. Just like they did early last year, and BYU got ranked. But now it matters more. Mm. It's a loaded day. That's There's a lot going on. Volleyball All-Americans, too. We'll get to that. That's still Team Riley. Says Harvey Longy, size, speed, and power. Belichick will feature him, and he'll be glorious. Coming up, Brady Papinga, Super Bowl champion for the Green Bay Packers. Why are Jamal and Taysom a good fit in Lambeau? What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation is brought to you by Ahern Rentals. Your next job is our priority. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Happy Monday. Welcome back. BYU Sports Nation simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. The conversation happening right now on Twitter. Follow us on Twitter at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Baseball's back at it. Tuesday night, they've won 15 of 18. They play at Utah Valley, the Fighting Mark Popes, 8 Eastern time on BYU Radio and the app. Are you going to tell me where they're ranked yet, or do we have to wait for that some more? The Cougars are ranked number 22 in the latest collegiate baseball Poll. How about that? The Cougars climbing yes. into the polls after winning a boatload of games. Awesome. 15 of 18. They win a series against San Diego. They destroy San Francisco and sweep them at home, scoring a ton of runs back in the top 25. Noise. How about that? Twitter question today, coming off an NFL draft weekend. Which BYU player, and there are 10 that now have an opportunity, is the best fit on their new NFL team? At East Stutz 10 tweets in, Jay Swag Daddy, the personality BYU fans grew to love will be embraced in Green Bay. Also, Green Bay has a wide receiver at running back, <laughs> Ty Montgomery, so he will get plenty of the rock. I think Jamal Williams will get a shot here. That's why I like the fit. He's going to get an opportunity. The anti-Jimmer, right? Everyone, oh, didn't get a chance. I think Jimmer got a chance, but I, I think this is a good fit for Jamal It was interesting to read all of the Green Bay bloggers and the different experts and those that offer analysis on the Packers and, and their takes on Jamal Williams. And most of them like the idea that, one, he secures the ball, and, two, he's a one-cut power back, which fits that offense perfectly. They're going to chuck the ball all over the field, right? Yeah. They just need something. Just can't double-check that, They just you need know? something to offset the Aaron Rodgers pass-heavy offense. And if Jamal Williams can be that guy, the one-cut, bang it out for four or five yards a carry – that's a great fit. It's a great fit. I'm looking up how Green many Bay. fumbles lost he had in his career because it was not a lot, remember? That was a thing. 
forever. He lost two fumbles in his career in in 726 rushes. Ball security. Yeah, it's perfect for Green Bay. I can't think of a better guy to talk to about Jamal Williams and Taysom Hill going to Green Bay and how those two will fit in to that Green Bay community than a man who won a Super Bowl with the Packers and was a BYU great. Brady Papinga joins us on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Brady, welcome to BYU Sports Nation. What's up, guys? Good morning. How you doing? Hey, we are fantastic, man. It's, uh, it's an interesting weekend for sure. Let's start with the obvious question. What was your initial reaction when your Green Bay Packers drafted Jamal Williams? Well, I was elated. I mean, I, I've been saying it all along that it'd be a perfect fit there because I, I, I just, you know, when you're around an organization long enough, you're around how they operate, you tend to get their tendencies as to who they look for and the type of players. And it just made a lot of sense to me that in that third, fourth, maybe fifth, but fourth round area, that if Jamal Williams was still available, that the Groomed Packers, led by Ted Thompson and Elliot Wolf, would have made the made that pick and that he would have been the one to go for because the one thing about them is they generally do not like to draft running backs high because he understands how you can find a guy middle, late round, and get a ton of productivity out of him. He'd been doing it throughout pretty much his whole career. If you look at the Green Bay Packers, guys like James Starks, guys like Ryan Grant that wasn't even the, on the drafted by the Packers. He's picked up off the roster, an undrafted free agent, who had been tremendously productive running backs. But Jamal fit the bill, and uh, I, I do believe that they had him pegged as the guy that, like I said, if he was available, they're going to get. And the reason I think that is because they brought Joe Mixon in. They brought Joe Mixon in as a smokescreen because they knew it would bring up a lot of attention. You know, Joe Mixon, the trouble running back out of Oklahoma, just for everybody's reference. They'd bring a lot of attention to him, which, again, would make it to where they wouldn't be thinking about Jamal going to the Packers. So it's, again, one less team to worry about because that's what the teams want to do. They try to gauge your demand in between quotations in the marketplace to then figure out where they need to draft you. So if you can hide a guy away like the Packers were attempting to do as they're putting up this Joe Mixon smokescreen with Jamal Williams, he'll be there where you feel like he's at a good value, and I think they got a tremendous value for him. And if I was in there too, I would have picked him that same exact spot, maybe even the first pick in the fourth round either way. But a tremendous pick, tremendous opportunity for Jamal. And I'm going to tell you that Ted loves, and Ted's the general manager of the Packers, loves his draft picks. He is going to give Jamal every opportunity to succeed. So expect Jamal to be highly involved in that Packer offense. And that's music to BYU fans' ears given the situation with, say, Jimmer Fredette in the NBA and whatnot. So that, that's exciting. There's a BYU legacy with Green Bay Packers. You, Detmer, Bosco, McMahon, Soto, Robertson, Daniel, there have been others. What's it like to have another BYU guy specifically in Green Bay? Well, it's great, man. I mean, it goes to show you that, you know, Ted at least had a good enough experience with myself to where he continues to look at BYU as an opportunity to go draft guys because I'm not going to name any names. But when I was coming out of BYU, you know, I sat in a you know number. I remember sitting in a Kansas City Chiefs uh, meeting in the pre or in the draft, or excuse me, in the pre-draft combine meetings, talking to Dick Vermeil. He looked at me and he goes, "We don't look at you like a BYU guy." And I'm like, "What? What?" He's like, "No." He's like, "We look at BYU guys as soft. They're entitled." He's like, we don't look at you that way because he's like, the guys that we've had experience with the BYU, other than John Tate, they like John Tate a lot, but other guys, 
after they've evaluated and they graded, they said they didn't like them. And so they tended to stay away from BYU guys. And I thought, how crazy. <laughs> so uh, it's nice. To, and that's how a lot of teams think. I mean, Ohio State, as a matter of fact, for a number of years had a bad rap because a guy like Bobby Carpenter didn't work out. You know, people were questioning A.J. Hawk. And so if you were a linebacker from Ohio State, and it was James Laurinaitis, by the way, who I played with, with the Rams who shared this information with me, he, he kept getting questions from the decision makers in the pre-draft combine interviews as to, well, what makes you different from all these other Ohio State linebackers that have uh, not filled expectations? So the point is, is it's nice to know that Ted keeps looking at BYU, and uh, he still thinks highly of the program, and he thinks highly of the guys that uh, BYU produce. And this year that's both Jamal Williams and Taysom Hill because one thing that people need to remember the draft picks, they're going to get a lot of the attention, but when you walk into a program like the Green Bay Packers, like the New England Patriots, they don't value a first-rounder any more than they value an undrafted free agent as to how they can impact their team. The only reason why they pick one guy in the first round versus a guy in free agency or they let him get to that undrafted free agency is the market. It has nothing to do with how they believe that you can ultimately impact the team into the future. So even Taysom fits the bill as to the guy that the Packers love. They want to have enough to where they offered him an undrafted free agent contract. Do you think that that uh, ideology surrounding BYU guys is the same, or has it changed since Dick Vermeil told you BYU guys were seen as soft and entitled? <laughs> Uh, it depends on who you talk to, I would say. I mean, like I said, with the Packers, uh, I do believe that uh, that's not the case with them. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, now with Andy Reid there, I would believe that's also not the case. Uh, but I, I do believe it's changed. It's, uh, that was one of the things that Bronco did so well, is he established the culture of toughness, of accountability, of, hey, you got to earn your keep. You're not going to be able to, you know, you're not going to get anything. So I think Bronco really nipped that in the bud. You know, and so I think, you know, teams knew what they're getting now with BYU guys, you know, as long as that culture continues to be preserved. Uh, but, again, it's, it's going to come down to experience. And, and, and the NFL is a copycat league. I mean, it's one of those deals to where, you know, all of a sudden if, you know, you get one player that some team drafts in the first round from one school and, and another in, in the same school and they sort of don't pan out and they show a certain characteristic, everybody just looks at them like, well, I guess the all guys. They You know, they sort of just – they just stroke that general broad brush of, I guess all guys from that school are like that, you know, and that's how the NFL is. But I do believe it's different, the perception of BYU guys now than it was when I was coming out. Fox Sports NFL analyst, BYU linebacker great, and Super Bowl champion with the Green Bay Packers, Brady Papinga with us on BYU Sports Nation. What is a realistic expectation for an output from the rookie running back, Jamal Williams, in his first season? Oh, realistic is... I mean, and you may think this is crazy, but you look at Jordan Howard with the Chicago Bears, the guy rushed for 1,300 yards. You look at Ezekiel Elliott with the Green, uh, the Dallas Cowboys, 1,600 yards. Yeah, it sounds crazy, but it's not out of the, it's not out of the question. And that's because he's playing with Aaron Rodgers. And teams, are, especially now that Jordy's doing really well, teams are going to fear that passing game. Then they added Martellus Bennett. You know, you got Randall Cobb still there, and there's other guys like Devontae Adams that have emerged. To where Jamal's going to see, and those running backs for the Packers are going to see more seven-man, six-man soft, they call them, boxes, than they would with any other team, which means that he's going to have more opportunities 
to where he's going to have numbers in his favor in terms of blockers, and I don't see why he wouldn't be extremely productive. And, and if the running game is working, Aaron and Mike McCarthy are just going to, they're going to continue to do it. Aaron's not so caught up with his stats that he's going to be like, well, oh, man, I haven't gotten my 150 yards for the half. Well, shoot, I better start passing the ball, even though they're still giving us a heck of a, a, a weak run defense and our runners are just gashing them. No, they'll keep running the ball down their throats. So, honestly, a, a really realistic pro, uh, productivity level for Jamal this year, I'm a, I'd say anywhere from 1,000 to 1,500 yards, Whoa. and it's because he's in an ideal situation. But, again, it's going to come down to his ability to show early on that he can be the guy. Because, that, that, you know, Ty Montgomery, you said it yourself. That's, this isn't his forte. He's more of a change-up guy, go in there and, you know, cause mismatches because he has the receiver's background. Jamal is a better runner. He's an upgrade. And, like I said, Ted wants Jamal to be great because that's how Ted's validated. Talk about the general manager of the Green Bay Packers and all these general managers. That's how he's evaluated as a talent, good talent guy is that he can bring draft picks in and have him succeed. And the guys, I've seen this. Look back to 2005, a guy by the name of Sam Congato, who's nowhere near the running back of Jamal Williams. Look at his productivity. Look at, in 2007, a guy by the name of Ryan Grant, who, again, was an undrafted free agent that we picked up in a trade with the New York Giants. We're just looking to get rid of him for a seventh round. And look at his productivity. Over 1,000 yards. Uh, James Starks is another guy. I mean, and these are all late-round, undrafted free agent guys who Jamal is by far more talented than. So 1,000 to 1,500 yards is not out of the question, especially with the Jamal's ability. True or false, Jamal Williams will be the starter in week one? Ooh, I'm going to say... Uh, I'm going to say false. They're going to make him earn it. And even if he's a little bit better, like I said, as an overall back... As uh, Ty Montgomery, they're, they're still going to show a four, right? well, technically going to be two tight end set with Lance Kendricks and Martellus Bennett. But I, I do believe as long as Ty, Ty Montgomery is a heck of a competitor, too, they're going to they're going to trot out their uh, Ty Montgomery as their, their starting running back. But in terms of touches and in, involvement in the game, Jamal is just going to have he's going to have just as much. As uh, as any of the running backs, as long, as long as he shows what we all know him to believe to be, which I believe so, and as long as he stays healthy, but I don't believe he's just out of the gates going to be the starter. He's going to have to earn it, and they're going to keep that carrot dangling out in front of him, and he's going to respond to that, which is only going to make it to where they're going to keep him as sort of the guy coming off the bench Absolutely. until they just can't, you know, afford to keep him on the bench for for any much more than they are. Brady, what I really want to know is your ten second analysis in Spanish of Jamal Williams to the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> oh yeah, okay. Bueno, para que sepas, Jamal Williams es un corredor muy talentoso, es muy versátil en muchos sentidos, es que él sale muy exitoso no solamente implementando esas corridas de, de la zona, pero también implementa esas corridas de fuerza. Así que él es uno de esos corredores multidimensionales que muchos de los equipos en, el, en la NFL en general, a ellos les encanta tener porque hay muchas opciones con este <risa> tipo de jugador. Y me imagino que él va a tener una carrera excepcional a menos que él se mantenga saludable y a menos que él realice su potencial. Yeah, I, I, hey, muy yeah. bien, muy bien. I agree. Yeah, that was awesome. I agree. Yeah, I, could, I couldn't agree more with especially that third statement. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't well, wait, you guys, neither one of you guys served in a, in a Spanish-speaking mission? What's up? I speak Korean, Brady. Por- Portuguese. So, oh, man. Okay. Well, yeah. you guys missed out, man. But, hey, all good. <laughs> I'm sure there's some Spanish speakers out there uh, as listeners that oh, could uh, follow that. that. That was fantastic. Okay. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of attention on Taysom Hill. And 
he is the curious case, right? Because of his injury oh, yeah. background, but his freak athletic skill set. What do you expect from Taysom Hill in Green Bay? Like, do you think that he's a guy that can either one make the fifty-three man roster or at least be on the practice squad when all is said and done? Yeah, I mean, I look at it, like I said, I, I can I can sense how the Packers look at him. They look at him like this guy could either turn out to be the next Matt Hasselback. And what I mean by that is, he, obviously, unless Aaron has some catastrophic injury, and I'm knocking on wood here, uh, you know, they're not looking for a guy to replace Aaron. But what they're looking for is obviously a guy they can develop, that Aaron can help develop, as he's done with Hundley. Brett Hundley, they've, they've been able to develop him enough to where they're getting some trade interest for him. And that's what they look at Taysom as, is a guy that can bring some depth to the position. And if he becomes the guy who they all believe he can – that here in the next three to four years they can trade him off to another team as a starter and get assets in return, whether that's draft picks or other players. And that's what they're looking to do with Taysom, and that's what they believe they can do with him. But, again, if he comes in and he's a little slow to learn their system, I have no question they'd have no problem, as long as Taysom doesn't get picked up on another team, of putting him on their practice squad at the very least. So I think he's a guy they look at as a project. Mike McCarthy prides himself in developing quarterbacks. And if you look at Mike McCarthy's history of Rich Gannon, Joe Montana, Aaron Brooks, with the, uh, who, by the way, was a, uh, started off as a backup to Brett Favre, who ended up being a, a starter with the New Orleans Saints, who they did trade off. Uh, Brett Favre himself, Aaron, he's got quite the history of developing quarterbacks. And when you got that kind of history and you look at a guy like Taysom with all that ability and, and all the quarterbacks, coaches and gurus across the NFL feel the same way, they're like, I could take that guy and turn him into something special. So they're going to give him every opportunity to develop, and he's not. He couldn't be in a better situation because it's similar. The, the offense is similar at Green Bay to what he did already with Ty. So he's going to have some familiarity, not with the terminology, but more with what they're asking him to do instead of you know being under center and doing all those kinds of things. But then also he's going to be in the same meeting room as Aaron, and he's going to see how the great ones do it firsthand, and that that was valuable for Aaron. You know, Aaron saw that with Brett, and there's no Aaron Rodgers as we know him today without Brett Favre. And so Aaron, or excuse me, Taysom's going to have that same opportunity to sit and listen and observe what Aaron does, take some of the stuff that he does well that he can feel like he can implement. And if he's smart about it and he stays healthy, which that's going to come down to his ability to be proficient in the pocket. And also when he does run, because you just can't cut the guy's legs out from under him, you're going to have to let him run. He's going to have to learn to get out of bounds, slide, doing the things, some of the things that he did last year. Uh, I think he's got a heck of an opportunity. Because let's be honest, I mean, you look at his physical attributes, and this even goes into throwing the ball. Uh, he is by far the most talented quarterback that BYU has ever had physically. And I mean, and you look at the guys they've produced, Jim McMahon, Steve Young, the list. I mean, that's, that's one heck of a statement, and that shows you the potential he has, and that's why he's got one heck of an opportunity and – He's in a perfect situation to, to realize that potential. So it's going to come down to him staying healthy, and, and we'll see what happens. But I believe that uh, there's a wonderful opportunity for him to become a starter, not with the Packers, but eventually with some other team down the road. The Green Bay Packers get Taysom Hill on a discount double check. Brady Papinga, it has been fantastic. We need to do this again soon. You got it, guys. You know where to find me, and it was my pleasure. All right, Brady Papinga on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. Always bringing it. The the voice of the sounder that we drop sometimes, Bo Hodge. Yeah, well, yeah. good morning, Yeah, Bo Hodge. His passion, his analysis, his Spanish, his understanding, his insight, tremendous. There's a reason that he has made it on the national scene, right? Yeah. You and just they, witnessed it. Yeah. 
that that analysis in Spanish was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just on cue, like boom, 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 snap boom. into it, go. My English isn't that good. Coming up, overreaction Monday. BYU rugby loses at life? Huh? BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by Tecano's Brazilian Grill. Escape the ordinary. BYU Sports Nation continues on a loaded Monday. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV. We're on demand anytime, anywhere. In fact, if you missed Brady Pupinga. Bo Hodge. Yeah, that guy. Talking in Spanish about Jamal Williams, his fit, how it's perfect. Taysom Hill, how he thinks it's a great situation with the Green Bay Packers as well. You can catch that interview and more on the BYU TV or BYU Radio apps or download the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and others. How many yards does he think Jamal Williams will run for in his rookie season? It's worth downloading the podcast to hear that alone. Refreshing today's BYUS and headlines. Jay Swag Daddy selected in the fourth round of the NFL draft by the Green Bay Packers, the 134th pick overall, and the only BYU player to be drafted over the weekend. Nine other Cougars signed deals with NFL teams. Taysom Hill with the Green Bay Packers joining Jamal Williams. Harvey Longy will be joining Kyle Vannoy with the Patriots. Cy Tautu with the Saints. Kai Nakua with the Browns. Michael Davis with the Chargers. Algernon Brown with the Seahawks. Also, by the way, Jay Keeps. Resign with the Seahawks. Andrade, Brad Wilcox, Nick Kurtz all received minicamp invites from the 49ers, Saints, and Raiders. Eric Mika received an invitation to participate in the NBA Draft Combine. That takes place May 9th through the 14th in Chicago. And baseball swept San Francisco in a three-game series over the weekend. Brock Hale, Bronson Larson, and Tanner Chauncey all hit home runs in an 11-5 win during Saturday's game. The Cougars are now first in the West Coast Conference standings, and this morning entered for the first time this season a national top 25 poll, number 22 in collegiate baseball's poll. Yeah, and uh, to be determined, we'll see where else uh, the Cougars jump into respective top 25s as the week progresses. It's time, Jerem, after such a crazy weekend. So much reaction. That we overreact on a Monday. And what better way to do it than bring in the voice, Ben Bagley, to set us up for scenarios that we may be feeling a little blue goggleish about. Number one. Well, let's overreact to something, why don't we? Let's start here. BYU football had only one, in Brady Papinga's language, uno player drafted. <laughs> what? You do what you I was surprised by this. I thought that Harvey Longy was going to be drafted. All indications were that Harvey Longy would be drafted. Uh, is it an overreaction to, eh, what? No. This has been kind of the norm. In fact, I think it's okay because look who Harvey Longy signed with, the Patriots. It's all good in the hood. Yeah, I, I think I was more frustrated for Harvey's sake because there was so much, I don't know, hyperbole about him being drafted and so many mock projections like, oh, he could go as high as the third round. I, we really bought into that, and so I, I kind of felt bad for Harvey that he wasn't drafted, but then he got picked up by the Patriots, and I was like, it, no, all good. All good, man. That, that is the perfect fit for Harvey Longy. Number, wait, what is the number for BYU football today, Jerem? Countdown to the Viking. 117. You're telling me in 17 days we're going to get to uh, a hundy? Wow, okay. Right around the corner, right? Wow. Number two. Overreact to this. Eric Mika gets an NBA Combine invite. Oh, he's going in the first round, Jerem. He's going to get drafted in the first round. Why am I yelling? 
Um, I think this is fair to overreact to this because if Mika didn't get an invite to the combine, he ain't getting drafted. It still doesn't mean he will be drafted, but his chances are good that he can impress some people and get into the second round now. Is that good enough to pull him out of BYU, though, if it's a late second round selection? Only at IRC 95 can answer that. Oh, man. Good luck, but not too much. Yeah, I'm not overreacting just yet because I think he deserves to be at the NBA Combine. I mean, they have a hair over 60 players that are invited. I think Eric Meek is one of the 60 best players. That doesn't mean I think it's time to, like, send it off as, oh, he's done, he's gone, he'll never play another game at BYU. So, no, I'm not overreacting to that. Number three. Baseball has won 15 of of 18 games. That's amazing. This deserves an overreaction. It does because this is awesome. They're going to an NCAA regional, that, people. That would be awesome. If they do for the first time. They're going to win two, the West Coast Conference. That's not an overreaction. They're in first place. They're, they took two of three at San Diego. Take that, Ron Burgundy. That's what got them ranked is the two of three at San Diego followed by the sweep. Truth. I'm telling you. That, that is a truth bomb. That, that is what Boom. got them in the rankings was winning two of three against then top 20 San Diego. Take that, Chris I trust Bryant. That dude. Yeah, 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 we yeah, trust, trust all those guys. Yes, and yet now you have to trust Aaron Rodgers, Taysom. Number four. BYU rugby lost at life? No, seriously, they lost at life. There's a university named Life in Marietta, Georgia, and BYU rugby played there in the semifinals of the D1A rugby playoffs, and the Cougars lost by 10. <laughs> BYU rugby lost at life. The reason this is, deserves no reaction is because – it's the first time in 12 years that BYU is not playing for the national title. First time since 05. Yeah, that's not good. And also it had to be against life. Really? They're winning in a lot of life. ways. Just not at Life University. Who names their school Life? <laughs> like, I eat cereal with that name. I would subscribe to a magazine with that Are name. Are you a Life but Scout, Jerem? But I, I was an eagle! <laughs> so, yes! Ah! Up next... Best coach in all the land when it comes to West Coast Conference golf. Kerry Roberts back at Studio B. Thank you. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live from Studio B. This is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play, our daily rebroadcast. There's weeknights on BYU TV at 6 p.m. Eastern sharp. Baseball, who just climbed into the Collegiate Baseball Top 25 at number 22, plays at Utah Valley, 8 Eastern. Tomorrow night, BYU Radio and the app. 15 of 18. They've won 15 of 18 Point games. Point bueno, as Brady Pinga would say. Our Twitter question, which BYU football player just taken into the NFL at some level is the best fit for their new NFL team? Ian Wharton of Bleacher Report. It's a guy that uh, is a respected figure. He's got a check mark, Jerem. He's got a check mark on Twitter. Yeah, that doesn't always mean what you think <laughs> it is. I know a few people. That, Granted, uh, I've read a lot of his stuff. Of Kainakua, he said, one of the very best athletes in the draft. Kainakua, BYU, made the wise decision to join the safety-needy Cleveland Browns. And he says Nakua has the chance to earn playing time. They took Jabril Peppers, who is a strong safety. Their best two free safeties on the team, undrafted guys. One of them is Kainakua. How about that? Okay. So maybe that's the answer to the question, right? Ian deserves the checkmark. He does deserve the checkmark. Joining us now, another person who deserves a check mark on Twitter, Kerry <laughs> Roberts, <laughs> West Coast Conference Women's Golf Coach of the Year. Kerry, welcome well, back Kerry, to Studio thank B. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Big time to have me, right? NFL com- or NFL draft, women's golf goes well, hand in hand. Go hand in hand. Your hand team's in hand. doing big things. Yeah, 
It's awesome. I mean, it? I, I'm no kidding. I think some of your girls could play professionally <laughs> and get paid. Like, oh no, absolutely. They're that good. Absolutely, they could. Yeah, there's a couple of them on there that are, that could definitely have a nice career. What do you think about winning a second West Coast Conference championship? Because it's you know everyone says like oh one. It's one thing to, like, knock off the champs, Pepperdine, and dethrone them. Yeah. But then to come back and do it two times in a yeah. row is so hard. So what's your yeah. reaction to winning back-to-back? So awesome. Like, it's so awesome. Like, you can't describe how good it feels. It feels so good. And that's really all I can say is just, man, this feels so good. It's awesome. Did it mean more to do it at home? Yeah. On your home course? For sure. For sure. There's that added pressure, that added... Got to get it done, you know, and, oh, it felt great. It, it, it was awesome to have it at Riverside, just that comfort level, you know, that you want to feel, and especially having to come back after that, you know, first round that we struggled with. Um, it, was, it was awesome to do it at Riverside. What was the mentality of the team after a first round that was, you know, yeah. in a lot of ways forgettable? Yeah, it was mediocre, right? Uh, frustration. So I was. I don't know if I've been. I haven't been that frustrated all season, and possibly in the last two years. I think that's the most frustrated I've been, just because it was stupid. It was just stupid stuff, it's just stuff we haven't been doing, right? And it was just on our home course. We're just. I was frustrated. The girls were frustrated. They knew they could do better, and I think it, in in terms, it might have helped us a little bit, right? Come back and be a little bit tougher. Yeah. So we had Alex White in last yeah. week. With preaching, Brian Logan. Preaching. She, she, Brian and I were ready to tackle the world after that. Where, where does your team get their motivation and their drive? Man, you know, honestly, it, it's a combined effort but also individual effort, right? Golf is tricky, right, because your individual is competing for an individual title. But at the same time, you're a team, so what do you do, right? So you have to kind of have a team culture, but yet individuals have to be motivated individually, right, for what they want, and that's the tricky part of managing golf. What is the preparation like this week as you get ready for NCAA regionals? Yeah, well, we've played, we've played this course. We played it last spring, so we know what to expect. We know the shots to work on. You know, low, it's going to be super windy, uh, tight lies. We're going to run the ball, a lot of, you know, chip and run shots, a lot of knockdowns. Um, but the girls are excited. They're, they know what to expect, so it, it's exciting. What's the expectation? Because last year you got past the regionals yeah. at the last second, right? Yeah. Um, so is the expectation, okay, we're going to get to the NCAA Yeah, absolutely. Again. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, you know, we took six. We want to at least be in the top four this time. And for sure, I mean, you get through. There's no other alternative. So you want to be in the top four. Yeah, top okay. four. Top six advance. Yeah. 24 teams in all go to the uh, the final round of the NCAA championships. Yeah. Why did you pick the top four as, like, your next mark? I think it pushes us a little bit. Last year we were sixth, right? So a little bit beyond your reach. Another Craig Manning, right? A little bit beyond your reach. And I don't – I mean, maybe we can finish better, honestly. As I look at the teams, I think we can really actually compete for the whole thing. But I think being in the top four I think is a little out of our stretch, uh, you know, a little out of reach. And then – but it just secures it, right? We don't want to be in top six. We want to make sure we're we're clear. What's different about this group this year versus last year? Because it's mostly the same group, right? Yeah, yeah. The four, the four returners. Um, seasoned is kind of what comes to mind. You know, they're they're they've been through all these situations. I mean, they've been through a lot, right? That experience, you just cannot put a price tag on experience. I take it any day. And they've been through so many hard things. They've proven themselves through those hard things, and that experience just makes them tough. They're a lot tougher than 
than last year a lot better. The Sunday play issue yeah. came into factor last year, and that kind of became like this national story. Is, yeah, it's huge. It, if BYU advances again, is that yeah. in place to, Absolutely. to repeat? Oh, yeah. It's a huge it's a huge deal for people. It, it's interesting. They just don't know how to deal with it. You know, We're used to it. And this is the first regional where we have to take our practice run on Saturday. Everybody's going to be on Sunday. So that's interesting, right? They're just, hey, what tea time do you want? We're going to throw you in the middle of the public and go play your practice round. <laughs> so so we're going at 9 o'clock on Saturday. Sorry for the groups that are before us or, or after us. Um, but if you're we're, in Lubbock, you can go yeah. hang out and watch the women's yeah, yeah, exactly. Come by, watch us on Saturday. And then everybody else plays on Sunday, and then um, we'll do it again. And then, yeah, if we get through in nationals, it's the same thing. It'll be another story of what are they going to do, you know. This is what they, but that's, I think, we, we want another chance at that, right? Like, we, we, we felt like we didn't perform our best in that situation. We didn't know what to expect. Now we know what to expect. Give us another shot, you know. It's kind of what we're hoping. I love it. By the way, uh, are you better than any of your players on your team? No. <laughs> Maybe in my prime, um, but nowadays they, they can kick my butt. If, if I'm on, I can compete. But if I'm not, I'm the worst player in on the university. That's probably what you want. You want your team to be better than yours. I would hope they'd be better than I I don't want Dave Rose's jump shot to be like the right? fourth best on the team. <laughs> yeah. like, that'd be bad, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, Carrie Roberts will be blogging about uh, which of her players has the best shot to make it on the LPGA Tour after uh, the yeah. NCAA tournament yeah. is over. That's a there postseason conversation. <laughs> sure. yeah, Carrie, great to have you with us. Hey, BYU Sports Nation, Karma for yeah, the good road. Luck. Give good it luck. us all. Thank you very much. We'll get it done. We'll be following those scores closely. Appreciate it. All right, up next on BYU Sports Nation, which BYU player is the best fit on their new NFL team? At Mr. Underscore Flintstone 94 says, Jamal is in a really good situation, but Nakua will surprise people. He'll get substantial playing time and has a shot to start. But which BYU team lost at life? (laughs) And the Batcats are ranked in the top 25. It's in the whip, baby. Brandon Davies, too. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com. For help when you need it most. Big thanks to today's guest, Brady Papinga, Super Bowl champion and former Green Bay Packer and women's golf coach at BYU, the WCC Coach of the Year, Kerry Roberts. Plus, coming up tomorrow, uh, Between the Lines with Lauren Frankham, undercover athlete with Shea Collinsworth of track. I uh, hear she's a pretty elite runner, Jero. She is elite. Yes. I'll actually agree with you. <laughs> Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Cougars in the NFL. Jamal Williams was selected in the fourth round of the NFL draft by the Green Bay Packers. What? He was the 134th pick overall and the only Cougar to be drafted. Nine other Cougars signed deals with NFL teams. Taysom Hill is still teammates with Jamal Williams in Green Bay, signed a free agent deal. Harvey Long will be joining Kyle Van Noy with the New England Patriots, Cy Tautu with the New Orleans Saints, and Kai Nakua. We're in a good place with the Cleveland Browns, apparently. Michael Davis, Chargers, Algernon Brown, Seahawks, Jay Keeps, re-signed with the Seahawks, Andrew Reidy, 49ers, Brad Wilcox, Saints, and Nick Kurtz, Raiders. Cougars in the draft. Oh, <laughs> uh, Jay Keeps lives on, He's Jared, still sports with your Hawks. Mm-hmm. Eric Mika invited to participate in the NBA Combine from May 9th through the 14th. He has until May 24th to remove his name from the draft and maintain his eligibility to return to BYU. Baseball. The Batcats swept San Francisco in a three-game series over the weekend. Brock Kale, Bronson Larson, and Tanner Chauncey all hit home runs in an 11-5 win Saturday during the game. The Cougars now ranked first in the West Coast Conference standings. They also jumped up to number 22 in the Collegiate Baseball Top 25. 
Softball. By the way, Tanner Chauncey, first home run of the season. Third career. He hasn't hit a ton. Yeah. Cougars swept San Diego in softball, and by swept, I mean destroyed. It topped off the weekend with an 11-0 victory on senior day, outscored the Toreros over the three-day span 30-1. McKenna Bowl increased her scoreless inning streak to 36 and two-thirds. The Cougs have run-ruled their last four opponents for the first time since 2008. Cougars overseas. Great news for the play-by-play. You can go home early. Brandon Davies scored 17 points for AS Monaco Basket. That's the name of his team. In the French League. Cougars in the minors. Jacob Hanneman went one for three with three runs batted in over the weekend. Track and field. Multiple Cougars received qualifying marks for regionals after the Clarence Robison Regional last weekend in Provo. The women's 4x4 relay team had a come-from-behind victory in the final few meters against Utah State. The men's 4x100 team took first as well. The NCAA West Regionals are in Austin, Texas at the end of the month. Lacrosse. The men's lacrosse team won the Rocky Mountain Lacrosse League Championship, beating Colorado 13 to 11. The Cougars are the number one overall seed in the MCLA tournament starting next Monday. Rugby. Cougars lost to Georgia-based University Life. Cougars lost at Life, literally. 36-26 in the semifinals of the D1A Rugby Championships on Saturday. The first time in 12 years the Cougars haven't played for the national. How Tennis. You, how do you bounce back after losing at life? I uh, just read your script. <laughs> <laughs> Number six, BYU women's tennis concluded their season in a 4 to nothing loss to the two-seed Gonzaga in the semifinals of the West Coast Conference Tournament on Friday. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Health. You need it most, DexterLaw.com. Jerem? I'm going off the board. I'm going lacrosse. Win the conference title, and they're the number one overall seed going into the conference tournament. And there's sorry, a lot the national to, tournament. Sorry. There's a lot to choose from today. Yeah, Jamal Williams, obviously. What what a story. Coming back to BYU, getting drafted, great fit with the Packers. I'm so happy for Jamal Williams. Which BYU player is the best fit on their new NFL team at Lyle Stavist, says Longy with the Patriots. They're a bend-don't-break defense, and he has a lot of upside with focused coaching and position assignment. Now, he and Kyle Van Noy play different positions. Uh, Van Noy an outside linebacker, Longy an inside linebacker. But that is awesome that they can be in the same room sometimes. The That's dudes. amazing. Dude. Long in Van Noy, bro. There's, there's a new uh, – what, what was the phrase we used for uh, Ziggy and Kyle in Detroit? The elders of defense. The elders of defense <laughs> or, yeah, something. Elite tweet of the day. I keep, keep, if there ever were a player was meant to do the Lambo leap, it's Jamal, ultimate fan interaction player. The cheeseheads will love him. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter. Use hashtag BYUSN. For Jerem, I am Spencer, BYU Sports Nation, back to work tomorrow at New Eastern. And a shout-out to Daniel Lacey. Sports, man. I love it. Sports! I love sports.